Today we are kicking off a sermon series. Who knows what the name of it is? Anybody? Who's been looking on Facebook? Anyone? 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 You don't know the name? What's it all about? What do you think it's about? What's in February? Valentine's Day. Gregory, what you got? Love is. He's he's got a little bit of a cheat. He's got the <laughs> graphic in front of him. You want to pull up the graphic there, Gregory? Love is. That's the uh, name of the series. We are going to be talking about love. Love is. How would you guys finish the sentence? How would you finish it, John? What? How would you finish it? Love is what? Jesus. Love is Jesus. Anyone else? Love is. How would you guys finish it? Love is love. Love is kind. Okay. Anyone else? Love is your wife. Oh, okay. Calm down, John. There are many different types of love found in the Bible. Did you guys know that? That there's different kinds of love? Let me give you an example. Who here loves pizza? Anybody? Who loves ice cream? And say, you better raise your hand, Ayasha. You're literally eating stuff right now. Who loves ice cream? Who loves bacon? Anybody? Mm-hmm. Bacon. Who loves a nice, succulent, juicy steak? Anyone? Anyone? Did I just make you really hungry right now? Anyone? What about sleep? Anyone love sleep? I know I enjoy it. I, I'm definitely not getting a lot of it right now, but sleep is overrated. That's what John says. What about family? Who here loves their family? I hope all of you raise your hand. <laughs> McKenna doesn't love her family. <laughs> Mine? I love my family. Who loves their parents? Anybody? Now, would you say the love you have for your family is comparable to the love you have for pizza or ice cream? <laughs> no, right? We use the word love for a lot of things that we enjoy. But there's different types of love. And there are actually many different types of words for love in the Greek language, which is what the New Testament was written in. Did you guys know that? It was written in ancient Greek. And then they took the old Hebrew text for the Old Testament, because that wasn't written in Greek. The Greeks didn't exist yet. And they translated it into Greek, and that's called the Septuagint. And so the whole Bible was translated into one language for the first time, and that's called the Septuagint. Say Septuagint. There you go. Now you just said something Greek. <laughs> and they had many different words for love. How many words do you guys think they had for the word love? What else some guesses? How many words do you think they had? 39, that's a little high. Nope. Gregory, what you got? They had more than that, actually. Close. They had seven words for love. How many Greek words are there for love? Seven words for love. Now, not all of them are in the Bible, but there were... Three specific ones that were used in the New Testament. Valentine's Day is right around the corner, right? 
And we will have romantic love thrown at us in about a week, if you haven't already. And how many of you are pressured to have a date for Valentine's Day if you don't already? I hope, I hope you don't. <laughs> McKenna, don't worry. Yes, there you go. Yes, John. You feel pressure? You better. That's a good kind of pressure. You should date your wife. <laughs> but if we, if we don't have this romantic love to offer to somebody, we can kind of feel empty on Valentine's Day, right? Now, don't, don't be concerned. I'm not going to talk about romantic love today. Aww. Romantic love, the word for romantic love from the Greek is actually not used in the New Testament once. Isn't that crazy? I didn't even know that. And I, I found that out this week. And then I told that, I even told that to Pastor Tim, and he didn't even know that. Isn't that nuts? He's been pastoring this church for over 20 years. It, but I'm, I'm not saying there's something wrong with him. I'm saying we learn something new every day, right? And there's three different words that are used in the New Testament for love. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell them to you. So the first one I'll mention is called, it's storge. Say storge. Now this one is a familial love or a love for family, which you guys just mentioned that you have a love for your family, right? So there's a specific word for that, as well as a, it's labeled as a natural kind of love that you would have. Because you would naturally love your family, right? You should, <laughs> I would say it's a natural thing, right? And we naturally want to look out for them and help them and benefit them, right? Now, it's only used in its negative form in the New Testament twice, which is kind of interesting, and I won't get into that too much. But the, the next one is philia. This is another word. Now, say philia. Or phileo is another, another form of it. Now, there's, there's different forms for words, right? So you can say love. You can say loved is in the past tense. You could say loving is in an action that you're doing, right? Lovely. So there's, there's many different forms to the word love. And in the same way, the Greeks said the same thing. So philia is the, the basic form of it. And it is a friendship kind of love to describe a closeness with somebody. So if you guys have a best friend... That would be the word that you would use for that. You'd say, I have a phileo for them. I have a deep sense of connection love for them, right? And that's the same kind of love you could use for a boyfriend or girlfriend, right? Because there's a closeness that would be there, but it's not the romantic sense, okay? It would be the same kind of sense if David and uh, Jonathan, if you guys know that story, they were really, really good friends. They were Kindred spirits is what the Bible says. They're best friends. And that would be the kind of love in the Greek language that you would use for them. Now, the most commonly used one is what? Any guesses? Anyone here know what it is? Except for John. What kind of word? What Greek word? <laughs> Any idea? You don't know? That's right. It is agape. Agape is the next word that's in the New Testament. Say agape. Agape. There's like an accent on the E at the end. It's spelled A-G-A-P-E. 
and is the most commonly used word for love in all of the Bible, especially the New Testament. Now this is a love described as goodwill, faithfulness, or commitment. It's a selfless kind of love. It's a I will love you without expecting anything in return kind of love. It's the strongest love is what a lot of people would emphasize. That this love is the most powerful and strongest love that there is. Mentioned out of the Greek types of love that are mentioned. Now I won't get into the other, what, the other four types of love, because we don't need to. But it's a willful delight and an acted choice. It is a love that isn't merely a feeling or a passion, but it's a decision. It's something you choose. It is physically tangible by what you do. So committing an act of love for somebody is in doing something for them. And one way you could do something is just taking the trash out for your parents, right? <laughs> that would be one way, even if they don't ask you to. Mind-blowing stuff, right? <laughs> but you guys could give somebody a gift on the street. You see a homeless man and you care for them and you reach out to them and give them something that you see a need for. That's agape love. And we're going to get into more of what this love looks like, but it is not a romantic love, so don't worry. Again, I'm not getting into that kind of love today. Who knows if I will this month, we'll see. But it's never used in that way. He knows. Yeah, he knows. Jesus knows what I'm going to do eventually. <laughs> but that's, that's not the kind of love I'm speaking on. And this, this love of agape love is found in the Bible, and it's described pretty, in pretty good detail. So we're going to get into that. You want to pull up the scripture? 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. This describes what love is. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. You guys agree with that? It seems like a pretty selfless kind of love. I and mean, you guys think that's kind of hard to live out? Who's ever failed at loving that way? Anyone? Who's ever been prideful? Anyone? That gets all of you right off the start. <laughs> Who's ever been impatient? Anyone? Who's been unkind to somebody? Maybe even today, right? Some of you have siblings. It's, it's hard to be kind to them sometimes, right? <laughs> But this is what agape love looks like. The word for love that's used here in the Greek is that word, agape. It's not using phileo or philia. It's not using storge. It's not using one of the four other words for love. That's the kind of love that's being described. Are you guys glad that Paul spelled out how to, how to have the most powerful kind of love there is? I know I am. Because when I, when I look at how, how am I supposed to live out that kind of love, I mean, I just look at that and I say, am I doing that stuff? 
And that lays it out for me pretty easily. Now what comes to mind when you guys think of the word love? Is it those things up there? Or was it something else? Maybe, maybe it's how somebody hasn't loved you today and you got mad and so now you're like, you hear the word love and you're like, eh, love sucks. Love's just the worst. It sucks. It's stupid. Maybe you don't have a date and you're like, I hate love. Valentine's Day is the worst. Compared to last year when maybe you had a date and you're like, I love Valentine's Day. <laughs> you're all singing a song? Love stinks. <laughs> It's a song out of the 80s. Go look it up on YouTube. It's pretty funny. <laughs> it's, it's a really weird music video, too. But this scripture is shared around this time probably more than any other passage of scripture. John, would you agree with that? McKenna, would you agree with that? I think this is probably the most quoted scripture around Valentine's Day. And it's because, it, I mean, it spells out what love is. Love is patient. Love is kind. And it just lays it out for us so easily. But there's a lot of other passages in the Bible that talk about love. It's throughout the Bible. The word agape, I couldn't even find out how many times it's used. I would have had to count them one by one. And it's a couple hundred at least. The word agape is used in the Bible. It's a lot. It's used so many times, guys. And it's used a lot in the New Testament alone. Because that was all showing the love that God has for us by dying, sending His Son to die on the cross for us. And, and we're supposed to do likewise in laying our life down for others. That's what that agape love is supposed to be, right? This passage gives us a clear picture of what agape love is. It's the kind of love that God has for all of us, and we're to have for others too. If you guys ever need a clear picture of what love is, if you're ever having a hard time loving people, and you're like, I know I'm supposed to love people, I'm having a really hard time doing it, go read this passage. It, it gets you put on track. I know for myself, when I'm sticking my foot in my mouth with my wife, saying something stupid <laughs> that I shouldn't do, Guys, you'll do it one day too. Don't worry. <laughs> I, I'm like, man, I'm not being very loving right now. And I just think of this scripture and I'm like, gosh dang it. Why did that have to be put in the Bible? <laughs> but it's so good. It's so true. And guys, it, it changes your life when you choose to live this way. It really does. But like I said, agape love is used Hundreds of times in the Bible. And I would say the clearest explanation of where this kind of love comes from, because everything comes from somewhere other than God, right? I mean, he's the only thing that's ever existed for, for all eternity. Where do you guys think love comes from? The heart. Well, let's see. First John 4.8. You want to pull that one up? Let's read this together. Whoever does not love does not know God. Because what? God is love. So where does love come from? You think it comes, you think it comes from God? If God is love, 
Think about it this way. If God is love, we should be able to take another look at 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 7, and take the word God and place it where love is supposed to be, right? You guys think it'll work still? You guys think it's going to describe who God is? Well, let's take a look. You want to pull it up, Gregory? Do the next one. I, I have it with, with God in place of the word love. It should be, there it is. God is patient. You guys believe that? You think God's patient? God is kind. Do you guys think God's kind? God is, does not envy. God does not boast. God is not proud. God does not dishonor others. You guys believe that? God is not self-seeking. God is not easily angered. God keeps no record of wrongs. God does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. God always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. You guys believe that? I do. Now, obviously, there's some certain context for that, to uh, God's not always going to trust people. <laughs> That's not true. But God is always going to be faithful. The passage says in, I think it's 2 Timothy, that when we are not faithful, God remains faithful because he can't deny himself. That's who he is. Now, the world tells us that God isn't a loving God. They, they say, just look around, look at all this turmoil, look at all the chaos. Look at all the bad stuff going on in the world. If God was so loving, then why would all this stuff be here? But guys, that is, that is a method of trying to get you to not believe that God is loving. Well, just look at your life. You can see that God is loving. The, the fact that you're here and that God has you here and is bringing life to you through the Scripture. The fact that God has allowed you to survive with sin in your life. That's loving, guys. God is love. And so we can see that we can take that word love and replace it with God, and it still works. It still applies. The book of Genesis tells us that we are made in the image of God. So if we see God is not patient, what are we going to be? We're not going to be patient people. If we're made in the image of God, we're going to reflect what we believe him to be. We're also going to, I mean, if, if we don't have a clear image of who God is, it's going to taint our own selves too. So if we see God as not kind, do you think we're going to be very kind people? Probably not, right? A big one is, keeps no record of wrongs. Who here keeps a record of wrongs against himself? I know I've done that in my life. I'm like, I screwed up again. I did it again. Ugh. Why can I not get past this? I keep trying to not do this wrong, do this sin, and I just keep falling into it. But God doesn't keep a record of wrong against you guys. Did you know that? God doesn't have this recorded account of all the sins that you've made, especially if you're in the love of God and you believe in His Son and you've allowed the blood of Jesus to wash you clean. God doesn't keep this record of wrong against you. 
And sometimes we do that with ourselves, and then sometimes we do that with others too. If you don't believe that God isn't doing that, you're going to be prone to do it with other people too, as well as do it with yourself. But I want you guys to know that God doesn't see you that way. God is love. And if God is love, God doesn't keep record of wrong because love doesn't, right? Maybe you believe that God's easily angered when you sin. You believe that he gets flared up with rage and he just wants to wipe you off the earth. Well, I'll tell you this. If that were true, you'd be gone, right? (laughs) If God wanted to do that, he would have done it already. And you would have been gone. You wouldn't be here. But obviously, he hasn't done that. You're here, right? Do you guys believe that God's easily angered? I don't. God isn't easily angered. He is so patient. And oftentimes, impatient people are angry people, right? So if God's patient with us, he's not easily angered. Do you guys believe there's things that make God angry? Yes. Bible has a few times where it says that God got angry. <laughs> but it was because he was patient with people and they kept not listening to him. I won't get into that though. <laughs> he keeps no record of wrong. He does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth. Guys, when there's evil done against you guys, when there's wrong accusations made against you and you're innocent, God isn't rejoicing over that. He's rejoicing in the truth. And he wants the truth to be known in your life and about your life, just as much as you do, if not even more. God is love. And love is from God. Next passage I have for you is 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 through 8. Now, I I shared verse 8 earlier, right? Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. And the verse before that, it says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. There it is, spelled out, plain as day. Where does love come from? From God. Let's read it. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. You guys believe that? God is love. I always like asking us to read it together because it sounds so funny. (laughs) You got some people are fast, some people are slow, some people, sometimes I slow down and you're going the same speed. It's just funny. Gives me a kick. Tim does it. Tim does it from time to time on Sundays, and I laugh every time. When you sing the song, it's true because there's a melody, there's a tempo, and everyone knows it. Mm-hmm. That's what music does, right, Katie? <laughs> Keeps you on the same page. <laughs> Unless you have no rhythm, then it doesn't. <laughs> so I'll read it again. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Love is from God. If anyone tells you love comes from somewhere else. You can tell them, nope, you're wrong. And you'll be like, what are you talking about? I know it comes from God because 1 John 4, 7 says so. And they'll be like, what are you talking about? 
And then you bust out the Bible and you preach the gospel to them. Boom. Love comes from God. Whoever does not love does not what? Know God. Because God is love. And the next one I got is 1 John, same chapter, just a few verses later in verse 15 through 16. This one says, If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them, and they in God. Who here has acknowledged that God is the Son of God, that Jesus is the Son of God? Anybody? If you've declared Jesus to be the Son of God, this is for you. God lives inside of you, and you guys inside God. You're one, you're unified, you're together. You have a closeness like phileo, but even more so, agape. There's a strong bond of love connecting you guys. Because God is love, and later on it even says that we know love because God first loved us. If God never would have loved us, we would have no idea what love even is. We would have had no understanding of what love is if God didn't love us. Because if God didn't love us, then would there be any love in the world? I feel like it would be pretty impossible to have love in the world if the source of it wasn't putting it out, right? So if anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them. Put it back up. Sorry, I was reading it. God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. There it is again. This is the only two times that that is actually said in the Bible, is in this chapter. And it's said twice. John wanted to emphasize it so much. He wanted to get the point across. He really drilled it home. I encourage you guys, when you guys go home tonight, go read 1 John chapter 4. Maybe even the whole book. It's super short. It really is. You could finish it in like probably 15 minutes easily. But just this chapter, you could read it in five minutes, no problem. It says, we rely on the love that God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God. And God in them. This is repeating what he said earlier, right? This love that God has for us, that love empowers us to live out 1 Corinthians 13. If you guys were reading that with me and you're thinking, oh, I really fail at doing that. I am not a patient person. I am not a very kind person, especially with my siblings, especially when my parents tell me to do something I don't want to do. I am easily angered. Whatever it may be that you guys struggle with, God living inside of you, being love for you, empowers you to be the love to others. That agape love. You guys can't do that on your own. It's impossible. This description of love that's found in 1 Corinthians 13, often called the love chapter of the Bible. Because the whole chapter talks about it. I just read a part of it. Like, what? Four verses? <laughs> Three? This love, guys, is powerful. And if you want to have that love, you got to be in God and allow him to be inside you. Allow him to fill you up with that kind of love. 
you got to be able to receive it too. There's a lot of people I've talked to who say, and it's, it's often referred to as this poverty mindset where, oh, I can't accept that because I haven't earned it. But guys, that's, that's just agape love being given to you. That's what it is. Agape love is this love that's not earned. You can't buy it because there's no transaction for it. It'd be like this. Say John were to give me this awesome car. Say he gave me a Ferrari. Pretty sweet, right? And I'm like, dude, that's awesome. Here, you have my junkie car with uh, stains all over it for my children riding in it. I, I, I got to give you something, John. I, I can't accept this gift without giving you something. Do you think he'd be more offended by me trying to replace what he gives me with something else? rather than just accept what he gives me? What do you guys think? John, would you be more upset if I tried to exchange it with you? Definitely. (laughs) Guys, don't ever do that. If somebody gives you an extravagant gift, don't try to pay it back. It's not worth it. Just receive the thing. It's a humbling experience because what? Love is not proud, right? But when we do that, we're not, we're not only choosing to not act in love, we're also choosing not to receive love. Don't do that, guys. It's a common thing, especially in Butte, I've come to notice it living here, that it's something where we feel like we have to earn everything. But can you earn salvation? I don't know, can you? The answer is No. Ephesians tells us that it's a gift from God. And love is a gift too, right? It's a gift from God. Like I said, we're, we're made in the image of God. And so, if you guys want to give an accurate image of God to the world, make sure your image of God is accurate yourself. Make sure your picture of God is accurate. God is love. And remember that he is patient with you guys. He is kind towards you. He loves you guys immensely. And that love keeps no record of wrong. He's not easily angered. And he rejoices in the truth with you. The word love used to describe that God is love is the same word that is used for love in 1 Corinthians 13. Which is what? Remember what that word is? The Greek word? Anyone? Agape. Say agape. Love is from God. Like I said, it's the same word agape, and this love that we show others needs to be given from the source, which is God. Now, God's always showing love for us, right? So we've got to allow him to fill us up with that. And if you guys feel like you haven't been doing that, I encourage you, before you leave tonight, spend some time praying. Talk to one of your leaders and say, I really haven't allowed myself to receive love from people. I haven't been loving towards others. (laughs) You read that 1 Corinthians 13, and I, uh, I fail pretty miserably at it. If you also don't see God as loving you, 
in that description of agape love. I pray that, that you would, that that would change tonight. You'd understand that God does love you that way. That his love is perfect and that that perfect love can empower us to love that way too. If you don't find yourself able to love people this way, allow the love of God to fill you up and change your hearts for others. Because to love like this, we need to rely on the love that God has for us. I'm just going to read this passage one last time. And just close your eyes and think about what I'm reading here, okay? If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. I want to hone in on that part that says, and so we know and rely on the love that God has for us. You guys, you guys can know the love of God and not rely on it. And is that going to do you any good? It's not, going to, it's not going to change anything. You guys need to know the love of God and then take it a step further and actually rely on it, depend on it, realize that you need it. Rely on that love. We're going to be talking about love all this month. And just remember on Valentine's Day that there's, there's far more types of love than just romantic love. But we're just called to be loving people, right? And remember that. We know and rely on the love that God has for us. That's where love starts. It's from God. Say, love is from God. Amen, right? So I'm going to pray and then we're going to get into groups. My group, we're not in the prayer room because they're doing the rooted class for church here. And they're going to be doing it all this month. So we will be meeting. I guess we could be right here. There's nobody that meets in here. <laughs> so we'll meet, we'll meet right here. I won't move, okay? All right. God, we, we need you. We need to know your love and we need to rely on your love. I pray that, that if there's anyone here that has not seen you as a loving father, as a loving God to them, that you would renew their mind tonight, that you would begin the process of changing the way that they think and having it line up with Scripture, that you are love and that you are a loving God. And I pray that you would protect them from, and from having that be, be changed by the world from them convincing them that you're not a loving God. God, I pray that if there's anyone here that has a hard time loving people, that you would fill them up with your love today. And that they would remember to be continually filled up with it in order to be able to walk in love with others. And it's not just a one-time thing, that they need to rely on your love. And that means continual. God, I pray that if there's anyone here that has a hard time receiving love, that they would change that tonight, that they would humble themselves and be willing to accept things without expecting to, to pay anything for it, not expecting to earn it, that they would just receive that love from people. Lord, we know that you are love, and we thank you that you have shown us what that looks like by laying your life down for us.
and, and making the way possible to be in right standing with you because there's nothing we can do. Lord, we, we rely on your love. And I pray that we would continue to do so. In Jesus' name, amen.